Chapter 3 of The Free Press by Hilaire Belloc, recording by Sean McLean. Side by side with the development of capitalism went a change in the press from its primitive condition to a worse. The development of capitalism meant that a smaller and a yet smaller number of men commanded the means of production and of distribution, whereby could be printed and set before a large circle a new sheet fuller than the old model. When distribution first changed with the advent of the railways, the difference from the old condition was accentuated and there arose perhaps one hundred, perhaps two hundred organs, as they were called, which in this country and the lowlands of Scotland told men what their proprietors chose to tell them, both as to news and as to opinion. The population was still fairly well spread. There were a number of local capitals. Distribution was not yet so organized as to permit a paper printed as near as Birmingham even to feel the competition of a paper printed in London only a hundred miles away. Papers printed as far from London as York, Liverpool, or Exeter were the more independent. Further, the mass of men, though there was more intelligent reading, and writing for that matter, than there is today, had not acquired the habit of daily reading. It may be doubted whether even today the mass of men, in the sense of the actual majority of adult citizens, have done so. But what I mean is that in the time of which I speak, the earlier part and a portion of the middle of the 19th century, there was no reading of papers as a regular habit by those who work with their hands. The papers were still in the main written for those who had leisure, those who for the most part had some travel, and those who had a smattering at least of the humanities. The matter appearing in the newspapers was often written by men of less facilities, but the people who wrote them wrote them under the knowledge that their audience was of the sort I describe. To this day, in the healthy remnant of our old state, in the country villages, much of this tradition survives. The country folk in my own neighborhood can read as well as I can, but they prefer to talk among themselves when they are at leisure, or, at the most part, to seize in a few moments the main items of news about the war. They prefer this, I say, as the habit of mind, to the poring over square yards of printed matter, which, especially in the Sunday papers, are now food for their fellows in the town. That is because, in the country, a man has true neighbors, whereas the towns are a dust of isolated beings, mentally and often physically starve. End of chapter 3